I will ask you all uh, what cartoons you've been watching. And by cartoons, I mean literally any sort of media. All media is cartoons to us. Tuning in to Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe Future. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at RoomwearPod. You can find this podcast on Twitter, at least for right now, at Gay Space Pod. <laughs> <laughs> With me, as always, is my. Uh, no, I, what, I was going to. I was like, what is a thing? I need to think of these things ahead of time because I was like, what's a thing that's like a cactus? And I was like, my succulent co host, August. And I don't think that works no yeah. no sir uh-uh. <laughs> this is why you need to you need to like think about the things you're gonna say more than one second before you say them yeah uh-huh anyways my succulent co-host august oh my god <laughs> hello i'm august you can find me on twitter at harpydora for the moment until i get suspended for linking to some other website that's not twitter um <laughs> And yeah, that's it. And with us this week, um, QWI's uh, number 185 of the top 200 queer wrestlers, it is Joan Jetson and Mission Control. Hello, how's it going? Hello! Uh, tell the audience a little bit about y'all selves and also your pronouns and such like. Yeah, so I'm the Rocket City Scientist, Joan Jetson. Um, my pronouns are she, her. Um, we are located out of uh, beautiful Colorado where we're about to, you know, get really cold, but we'll manage to stay warm. Um, and I am the pro wrestler here, and my manager and beautiful wife is Mission Control, and she's here with me. Hello, reporting in. I'm Mission Control, uh, she, her, hers. And I keep things in line, in and out of the ring. Uh, I like to get the crowd hype, and I like to make sure that the ref is making sure that uh, they're actually paying attention to what's happening in the ring, because know what? There are a lot of shenanigans that happen. Yes, it might be hard to believe, but, you know, occasionally pro wrestlers are... Uh apt to a little bit of cheating, so it's always good to have somebody out in your corner uh, keeping an eye out for that. I've, I've never witnessed cheating in profession. The, 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 uh, the sport of kings, uh, pro wrestling, has cheating in it. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it's pretty disgusting. It's a, a very noble and honored sport, and the fact that anybody could come in and even think about doing anything untoward. You know, it's just... I'm not here for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joan and Mission Control have uh, joined us this week because they uh, I met them at the um, an event that will maybe never make it to the internet in the way <laughs> in the way things uh, are going. Um, the dash and I bought one of their. Huh? Oh, go on. Sorry. Oh, the dash con of wrestling. The dash oh con my God. of wrestling. Yes, <laughs> we painted our logo on. <laughs> um, uh, 
Uh, seemed like a great idea at the time. Uh, still don't regret it. It was just, it was not, it was a lot. The, I did almost kill an extremely important professional wrestler in a car accident. That was a really great weekend. Uh, but bought one of their shirts that had a Steven Universe uh, logo. I was like, holy shit, y'all like Steven Universe? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, you want to be on a fucking podcast? <laughs> and here we I are. like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Can you believe so, that that was only in August? Yeah, right. This is um, this has been a fucking year. This the last like two months has been the longest year of my life. Uh, I don't know what's going on in Colorado, but in Tennessee, shit's getting real bad. Uh, <laughs> uh we uh, moved out from uh, Huntsville, Alabama, a few years ago. That's why I'm the Rocket City scientist because Huntsville's Rocket City, and we are. Right. Uh, I mean, stuff's crazy out here, but, you know, um, my heart goes out to you for Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. What do we have in the way of cartoon news? Um, uh, uh, prominent cartoon character Elon Musk has been... The, the oh, Misadventures boy. of Elon has been really fun to watch uh, this the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Um... Apparently, Arcane Studios has, like, an actual animation department now. Uh, not Arcane Studios, sorry, Riot Studios, the Arcane people, have created, like, their own, anim like, an in-house animation studio and um, hired a head of development for that. So that seems cool. I liked Arcane. It was fine. Um, it was very pretty. Yeah. I was a little confused, yeah. but it was very pretty. I mean, I am definitely interested in a second season of it. Yeah. If only it the fact that it will like it it like Spider-Verse is a thing that will push 3D animation into a different like on a different path. Um the Across the Spider-Verse trailer dropped. That was pretty fucking sick. Um, no, I'm here for it. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that one big time. Yeah, I'm yeah. the I'm interested to see like the trailer set up some interesting. I'm sure like the trailer is probably like, the first third of the movie where there's a misunderstanding and the heroes fight and then they're, you know, then they team up and they're friends like every superhero movie. But also I don't come to I'm not coming to superhero movies for like deep philosophical analysis much like i'm gonna go see that avatar movie i don't expect for it to change my life i just want to see the thing <laughs> i just want to see the really pretty water thing <laughs> and sometimes that's yeah, enough I mean, level setting and managing expectation is very important for how well you enjoy it you know media yeah um well usually i pitch august ball uh our our, our our good guests what cartoons have you been watching uh as of late so one that we just kind of wrapped up on, and I'm super glad I found it, was Craig of the Creek. Um, uh, that was a super enjoyable watch. I love the vibes that um, it's throwing out. It, I was, yeah, I, I, I am absolutely in love with Craig of the Creek now, and I will, you know, gladly watch anything that ever comes out for that. Um, uh, what have, is wild is have you been? I also just got into Craig of the Creek. <laughs> Did did yeah. YouTube did the YouTube algorithm feed you a bunch of clips? And you're like, what the fuck's this show? <laughs> no, I uh, looked up what shows were good for uh, adults to watch, like on a list, because I was like, ah, you know, uh, just looking for something for good vibes but low mm -hmm. energy, you know, input for consuming, and I found it, and yeah, it won me over. I mean, 
the thing that's my go-to vibe set, like if I need good vibes in the background, is uh, Hilda on Netflix. I mm. absolutely adore Hilda. I, I force everybody I know to like watch it. I've seen that first episode so many times because I've had to tell people, give this show a shot. That's me, but with Letterkenny. Every time I get drunk and <laughs> somebody gives me a remote, I'm like, we're going to watch Letterkenny. And then we've also been, um, we're going uh, through One Piece. Uh, we are on episode 705. We had a few years ago made it up to episode 545 or wherever they stopped the U.S. dub. And for background media, we don't know enough Japanese to make it make sense as background. But now we are catching up now that we can put it on as a background thing. So that's been going on for the last months and months for us yeah although i have to say it's been super rewarding to re-watch one piece from start to finish uh you know and pick up on so many little things that oda dropped in on those early seasons and then just you know you're like oh i can't believe he put that in there and then you notice it and it's just it's just fantastic writing. I just love it. One Piece is a show that I know is good. Like, fundamentally, I know is good, but I just, like, look at the episode count and my executive dysfunction <laughs> just, like, takes control of the mech and is like, nope, we can't do it. We can't do this. We're going to watch this six-hour documentary about iCarly instead. I'm like, yeah, this seems like a much better use of my time. Wait, we saw that. Oh, yeah, no, um, Quentin Reviews. Um. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, so I, I 100% recommend uh, giving One Piece a shot. Like, it, it is, like, daunting, but then as you get into it, it's pretty quick to get into, but, I mean, you start really being excited that there's hundreds and hundreds of episodes left for you. I think, and just also realizing that, you know, he, he, t he, takes it in chunks and that there are different story arcs. Uh, so, you know, like, if you do kind of, you know, need a break, you can finish a story arc, be done, and then come back a couple months later and yeah, pick it back up. So, yeah, watch One Piece. I'll be uh, following up with you in, you know, the future and make sure that you've done your homework of watching One Piece and the viewers <laughs> better be... Uh, yeah, sorry, the listeners. Yeah. This is this is extra intimidating because I know for a fact that Joan can beat me up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know I love I love giving chops out. You know that's my thing. So you know, yeah, watch One Piece or else. Great, I'm gonna get uh, get Walter. The uh, or I guess what, gun. What Brian's whatever Walter. The uh, what? Hmm? Yes. What Brian's not telling you is that our next show that we're going to watch is definitely One Piece. That's our new <laughs> format. We're a One Piece show now. We lied to you all. We're not doing the Owl House. <laughs> it starts with an O. It's it's practically the same thing, right? Yeah. I am I I am a hundred percent sure they probably reference One Piece significantly in the Owl House, knowing that creative team. Well, so. Speaking of Craig of the Creek, one of my favorite like little references is mm -hmm. that uh like uh the action figures that one of the characters collect is for a show called Two Piece, and it's all <laughs> characters in two piece ba bathing suits rather. Yeah, and one of the other characters reads Two-Piece the manga. Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, it's very adorable. I saw I saw that because I was like watching. I only just started it, so I'm like not super deep into it. But I've seen a lot of, like YouTube. I watched one clip and now YouTube's like, is this all you want to watch? And I'm like, yeah, I have no willpower. Just give it to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, August, what cartoons have you been watching? Oh, boy. Things are heating up in the Minecraft YouTube fandom. Yeah, I was about to say I was going to un- <laughs> underneath August talking when to edit in the sound of somebody like digging with a pickaxe. Uh-huh. Um, no. So uh, in Minecraft YouTube, uh, the, the big crossover event is coming to an end. I'm very sad about it, but it's still very entertaining. Uh, in non-Minecraft YouTube, um, so I fell down a rabbit hole. Two separate rabbit holes, actually. I ended up watching two separate videos about My Immortal and trying to suss out who wrote My Immortal. Um, <laughs> oh, the saga that never ends. Yep. Um, um, who who was the, doing the documentary? Strange Aeons. Okay, that's what um, I thought. And then I ended up spending almost four hours watching Jenny Nicholson rant about uh, Evermore, the theme park that wasn't. And I'm not even sure why I I sat through it. Because but it's brilliant. It's, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I, I feel like I got my time's worth out of it, but I sure did. I sure did finish what I started. <laughs> so <laughs> Nobody can call August a quitter. <laughs> I... I mean, I thoroughly loved that Evermore, and it made me regret that when we took a small weekend trip to Salt Lake and Provo, that somehow we completely missed getting to visit Evermore, and that complete shit show. <laughs> yeah, as I a mean, D and D nerd, I yeah, so sad. There's a part of me that wants to wants to go there and behold behold the trash fire it's just i don't know i didn't find the video itself particularly engaging which is weird since i watched four hours of it so i guess on some level it must have been engaging but i don't know like maybe i should have started watching the icarly video maybe that would have been a better (laughs) use of four hours i don't know i mean the icarly video is very uh is very good i love quentin quite a bit the thing is the icarly video isn't one six hour documentary it's like watching it's like i'm gonna commit to a week's week worth of videos of like a work week of videos (laughs) yeah well i mean Um, you know technically speaking you know steven universe is quite the commitment too but here uh, we are our next podcast is going to be a Quentin Reviews review podcast. <laughs> Quentin <laughs> Reviews reviews. <laughs> Quentin's Quentin's Reviews reviews. Yes. Uh, uh, we'll be sure to leave a review on it in iTunes and we will be Quentin reviewing review reviews. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. What have the fuck have I? So as mentioned before, I started Craig, Craig of the Creek. It's a very cute, fun show. It's very good. Like, I don't know how I didn't I like I guess I knew it was there like on the periphery. Like I was excited that it hadn't gotten like that when HBO Max was like saving a bunch of shows from cancellation on Cartoon Network when they were also starting the like distance land distant land stuff for uh, Adventure Time. Like I knew it was there and I was like, oh, good. I've heard good things about the show and I'm glad it's OK. And then I just never fucking watched it. Um, and then I watched some kind of. 
No, that was like that. That happened last time. That was the uh, the new defunct land about the the Disney Channel. We talked about that, didn't we? Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, I made a I made a Anya watch it uh, over Thanksgiving. So, um, oh, I think in in the meantime, since the last time we recorded, one of my favorite internet shows is back, <laughs> being the elite. Uh, <laughs> Because I guess that got whatever that was got solved. Um, I will not I will not uh, regale you the audience. We I I took our audience who generally probably is not into wrestling. I had to explain to them the entire all of that when it happened because it consumed my entire life for like two weeks. Uh, um, There is always at any given time a countless amount of wrestling drama going on (laughs) at every single scale. But that one yeah. did pop off particularly. But you know what? On the on the wrestling side, since the names involved were so big, I didn't hear anybody actually have any takes on it, like, inside the industry. It was all just kind of like, oh, nobody's going to say anything because, you know, we're not in positions to comment on people of this caliber. So, yeah. yeah. I don't have anything too uh, spicy to add to it either. It was just really it. It's one of those things where it's like I wrestling drama happens on a, a you know a near constant basis uh, at every level of it's professional wrestling. It's a lot wrestling. of egos, but usually it's not like it's not to that. It's not that public and that <laughs> high profile. <laughs> it, indeed, indeed, yeah. uh, and you also don't expect to read headlines in the morning about. Uh, Man saves dog, other man bites man. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh. You know, you know, when the dog gets involved, it's not the dog that's getting bit or biting. <laughs> All right, yeah. I, you know, so, something went down, and I am just glad I was not a part of it. Truly. I, not that I would ever have been. Um, defacing the good name that pro wrestling has where it's a good clean competitive sport and yeah my friends who have gotten into professional wrestling within like like kind of like at the start of the pandemic uh explaining to them just how fucked up professional wrestling is historically has been very fun like jeff jared made a made uh, a debut super and I referred- patch wolf on oh, YouTube. oh uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf on YouTube. He's got three videos about pro wrestling. That's the one that I send to people when I have to try to explain what's up. Because being a pro wrestler, like, it gets complicated very fast. First, you say, yeah, I'm a pro wrestler in my free time. And you have to explain, no, we're talking TV stuff. Because a lot of people think that you mean, like, you're doing high school amateur wrestling. But, like, as an <laughs> adult. And you have to be like, no, 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 no. Not yeah. that. No. No, um, it's the other- And then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then trying to explain to them that there is, in fact, more wrestling in the world outside of the dub. Exactly. And then you have to explain the art form of it, which, you know, is complicated. Yeah. Because, you know, wrestling's real. And so working around that, you know, base assumption that wrestling is real can get complicated to explain stuff. Right, exactly. And that's this art form that has this, like, kind of quasi continuous history for like well over a hundred years that is all canon and sometimes not <laughs> yes uh mm-hmm. ooh 
I, I, I love the concept of thinking about what's canon and not in wrestling. <laughs> Can anything be not canon? I think it Is depends it on who you're working for. <laughs> or accepted. Like, it's yeah, weird. Actually, I can think about a couple of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, true, true, true. Yeah. That. Yeah, that, that, that's a new uh, brain bug to <laughs> think about. Gonna need to theory craft a bunch of like things. Oh, why did this one move miss? But the person still sold it like it hurts, and like try to like <laughs> come up with a whole expanded universe that explains the physics that got warped during this oper- you know, specific match. Yeah, well, they didn't just—they just didn't quite get all of it. That's the <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the announcers—they are critical. <laughs> they cover up so much of what happens. Um, that's why I'm on the side of the ring to try and point out the truths of what is actually happening. <laughs> uh, the other thing, I guess, the other the car- business out there. Oh, yeah. I'm not exposing anything. I'm just trying to point out the truth when it happens. You know, when someone hits you with a guitar, that's just not right. <laughs> oh my god, guitars hurt so bad. Okay, I, I know ma- you said we weren't gonna like go off and like bore your you know audience with wrestling nah, talk, but <laughs> I was in a death match in September, and okay, so uh, everything in wrestling is real. Remember mm-hmm. this, listeners. Um, but typically, if there is a guitar in a wrestling ring, the uh, little inside supports are taken out. That way, it makes a nice big explosion when yeah. hit, and it will um, actually if break. It doesn't have those. Because guitars are actually very hard to break. (laughs) Tell that to my lower back. I am very aware of... um... The the lump on her lower back was getting to the size of the durian that was thrown at her face. Oh, yes. Yeah, there was a durian involved with the match. And, like, you know, rolling around in thumbtacks and broken glass. Like, that sucks. But, man, that guitar. Yeah. Oh. At least you know what you like. It's the it's the difference between expectations, right? Like if you think that the guitar has been prepared and then it's not, like you know what a th- like in your head you can conceptualize what hitting tax is going to be like, right? You can prepare yourself mentally for it, but you prepare yourself mentally for one thing and then a complete fucking different thing happens to you. Yep. Oops, I got smacked with a piece of wood directly on the back, and then you know. You know, in the ring, I try to be quite, um, you know, uh, heroic and come back. But that was definitely a moment where I had to crawl away and put my hands up and have a second of like, oh, no more of this. You know, that was fun. Um, but I guess the other cartoon I've been watching is uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Unfortunately, I have been playing the DMZ mode uh, obsessively and it's very fun. Uh, highly recommend it if you're if you've been in- interested in extraction shooters. Uh, in a similar vein, I have found in the this is I guess me just talking to August now. Uh, Zach sent me a um like somebody is doing like a mar- makeup of like a um like an extraction shooter tabletop RPG. Fun. Um, Oh, this, wait, oh, I'm, I was wrong. I thought it was a tabletop RPG. What was I reading then? This is a game on Steam. Anyways, whatever, fuck it. Uh, I guess I'm completely wrong. Uh, 
the end. Moving on. So this week, we are covering <laughs> episodes uh, 8, 9, and 10, Why So Blue, Little Graduation, and Prickly Pear. Um, first up is Why So Blue, num- episode number 8 of Steven Universe Future. Came out on December the 21st, 2019. Uh, written by Warren Falk. F-O-K, Falk. Y'all think? Probably. Amish Kumar and Joe Johnston. (laughs) I believe you. Yeah. Uh, Steven has heard rumors of a pair of gems that are still destroying worlds. If he can't stop them, maybe Lapis can. I don't... Why are these getting so wordy? Sometimes. It's like they've got... There's like fundamentally like every third one of these is written by somebody who's like gives a shit about this job. It's un- it's it's less fun I mean, than the, it used to be. The episodes keep getting more complicated emotionally, so you know, I, yeah. I imagine the people have something stirred in them, so they get more loquacious. Maybe it's you. We like or it. They haven't been to therapy yet. That's true. <laughs> That's the end of this season. Um... <laughs> This episode starts with Steven and Lapis warping to a colorful alien planet. Uh, After taking notice of the plant's beautiful nature and interesting life forms, Lapis mentions that uh, long before she met Steven, she would terraform plants like this all across the universe. And without ever taking time to bask in the wonders of nature, uh, she and Steven then realize that they aren't the only gems uh, there and find two other. That's why I don't think the synopsis is correct. They didn't know that these they seemed confused that these lapises were here in the episodes. But whatever, Um, I guess. Why would they come here anyways? Otherwise, Um, there's two lapises. Uh, They're terraforming the planet with their uh, terrifying water powers. (laughs) Uh, just cutting things in half and just using water to destroy everything. Um, there's, I guess, th- th- this synopsis uh, frames them as a nice one and a mean one, but I really don't think that is a correct distinction between the two. Mm. There's like a more open-minded one <laughs> and then a mean one, but they're both kind of mean, frankly. Uh, they both get real murdery real quick. Um, but the the new lapises... Uh, are like, Steven's like, hey, you don't have to terraform shit anymore. And they're like, yeah, but we fucking like doing that. We're going to continue to destroy this world. And uh, Steven and Lapis go through an effort to try and turn these Lapises around. They talk about the the beauty of nature. That doesn't really seem to work about them. Uh, they talk about trying to like find different ways of expressing yourself through uh, either art or morphs. Or song, uh, Lapis sings a, a new song, "Why So Blue." Uh, it's a pretty good little song. Um, one of the Lapises gets into it, but the other Lapis sort of like peer pressures her out of it. Um, they basically are like they start dunking on Lapis uh, and go off to do their own shit, continuing to terraform. Um, Steven tries to stop them, and they get violent with him, and Lapis finally gets fed up with them and goes to make them. Uh, She fights them head to head. Uh, They begin winning the fight until Lapis gets uh, really, really fucking pissed off and uh, goes like full Super Saiyan mode on them. Um, But backs down once she sort of collects herself, calms herself and everything like that. Um, 
they, the two Lapises are like, yeah, well, like, Lapis is like, listen, stop doing this shit. And the other Lapises, this is real, this is, Steven Universe Future is the most complicated I've had to, like, we're not used to having the other, other gems that are the same gems as our gems. And it's become, it's getting more complicated as just shit goes along. Um, she tells the two other Lapises, like, hey, stop with the fucking terraforming. They're like, yeah, we'll listen to you. That was, like, the most amazing display of power we've ever seen. And Lapis is like, no, you don't fucking get it. Like, I lost control of my anger and i like that's not what real strength looks like strength is like holding all of that back of like being able to cope through and deal with my emotions not just like let them fly out and hurt other people and she more or less gives up on them steven hands them a couple of brochures they get back to little homeschool uh wherein uh they are kind of like decompressing from the thing uh "Quote unquote," Night Slappish shows up. She's like, "Hey, I think I might want to join the school." Star wipe at the end. I, you know, all, all, pretty much every episode in Steven Universe Future hits some emotional note for me, but this one, um, this one did hit hard in a few areas, and some of them like weren't exactly what's obvious, like when a. Uh, the lapis with the ponytail and freckles, if memory serves. Like, when she starts dancing and the other one gives her the look of, hey, don't do that, that's kind of embarrassing and cringe. Like, for some reason, for me, that resonated huge as a um, thing of trying something new but judging yourself really hard, so not trying something new. I don't know why that, you know, hit me the way it was, but, like, that one little moment, I... I know the gems are all distinct characters, but sometimes when you're dealing with multiple gems of the same type, it feels more like there's an internal dialogue going on, mm-hmm. something that's being communicated there. Um, yeah, but much I, like I got this junior is, oh, high vibes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, outside of these two um, lapises being straight up mean girls, like. <laughs> true. Um. But it is, like, man, I I have it written down. I took some notes on it, and I don't know if this was a direct quote or if it was me, like, putting my own words on it. But, like, Lapis, the one we know, uh, known Lapis. Oh, yeah, you're right. This (laughs) is really fucking hard. (laughs) What, What about gold Lapis? Because she now wears the gold belt and has the gold sandals. I mean, I'll go with that. So Gold Lapis, like she was saying, who's dumb now, who's pitiful now, Um, which also once again felt like the having multiple gems is more of an internal dialogue, a way for them to confront other stuff. Um, And yeah, I I mean, I know they made a, a joke out of it, but like Lapis saying that a cycle of torture and nature and stuff, like is how she got over her things. Like, I don't know. I, I really, I, I felt, I felt a lot with this one. Mm -hmm. Um, but then again, I could say that for any episode. Yeah. This is it very much. Cause August and I've been talking about how, like, it feels like we've been trying to like, it feels like Steven universe future is trying to get back in the proverbial saddle in the first few episodes. Um, and this much, it very much feels like, okay, yep, we're back into Steven, like, we're back into the, they figured out the storytelling model again. 
Yeah. I think part of it is, like, like I was commenting on last time, there's so many different writers than the there were on on the main show. Yeah, and so many of them are new faces. Mm-hmm. So, so you know it. I I it definitely makes sense that it may have taken them this long to to get their their feet under them. Uh, which is a shame because, you know, it's like the the season's almost half over at this point, you know, a third over by now. But um, no, it's half yeah, over. There's I, only 20 episodes. Oh, there's only why did I think there was 22? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think I was saying, I well, there's there's technically 22 in the episode order, but there's only 22 episodes because uh, some of the like the, the last one's extra long. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, so the the season the season's almost half over, about half over, but I definitely can can sympathize with the, you know, the 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 self the the self-censorship, you know, the the oh god, I can't be cringe, you know, I have to you you have to feel hard on yourself to 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 keep from being uh quote-unquote cringy. Um, which thankfully is not something that I struggle with too much these days because I have killed the part of myself that cringes. Um, <laughs> but you know, I definitely can feel that that's, that's definitely not just a you thing. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. and I mean, oh, go on, sorry. Oh, uh, and with that, with the cringe thing, like, uh, the line, like it sucks to see somebody who reminds you of yourself. I think if we, uh, look at cringe as a concept and we steal uh, points from contrapoints like it's our own. You know, cringe is when you're having some, like, self-awareness about something you've done in the past. Um, so, yeah, but mainly I need you to teach me how to kill the part of me that cringes because, <laughs> yeah, there's... I'm fine with wrestling because wrestling's silly and I can justify everything away as well wrestling silly, but, man, that sounds great to not to not cringe at yourself. Six years of podcasting, like <laughs> yeah, it's it it's it's been four years of podcasting for me. But listening to my own voice as much as I have been, it's just like, oh man, I can just say whatever, can't yeah. I? It, it's it's constantly <laughs> listening to your own voice back. I think is what does it because it desensitizes you. Because event like because when you first doing start doing it, you have to like you cannot stand to do it because you hate to listen to yourself talk, and then eventually mm-hmm. that part mm-hmm. of yourself dies. <laughs> Or you yeah. stop podcasting. That's what's happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, goes for wrestling. You got to see yourself either speaking or for us, it's, uh, you know, when you're watching that back a match and right. you've got to. Yeah, that that does definitely kill some part. But I I managed to be mentally unstable enough to car- compartmentalize healthy habits such as not cringing. And, you know, only allowing the healthy things to take place in wrestling while still cringing at myself in my personal life. That's fair. Um, I really like that. Like, I, I like we get sprinkled throughout future. I have been enjoying the like and what's going on with the old cast, because this is very much like this episode doesn't really push the overall plot forward. But it is it is part of the like, what do you call it? Um the sort of victory lap of like checking in with everybody and getting a snapshot of how they've grown. Cause we get, we do get like a lot of juxtaposition against how these characters began and how they ended, you know, like in particular with volleyball yeah. and Pearl 
and in this episode with the lapses in our lapis. Yeah. I I think one thing that's really nice that kind of opens up really the main overarching point of this uh, episode is how do you open up dialogue to people who are unwilling to talk to you, you know, and, you know, what happens when you find out that the thing that you do enjoy is now considered wrong or inappropriate, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and coming to terms with that. Um, Yeah, if somebody tells you, hey, like, if we just look at the current world, there's lots of people right now who are realizing that or should be realizing, hey, I'm doing something problematic and you can have the reaction of like, well, I've always done it and double down. Um, yeah. Or uh, for example, uh, still giving money to J.K. Rowling. <laughs> you can still like Harry Potter. I have no problem with people who want to, you know, call themselves Hufflepuffs. I am one myself, but giving money directly to J.K. Rowling, that is problematic. Yeah, and it's easy enough to see, like, hear somebody say, well, how can the thing we've always enjoyed be now suddenly be wrong? Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, 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 maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I love this episode for all the reasons of, like, it's so complicated mm-hmm. just in such a short amount of time. I'm... I know we're in the venue to nerd out, but I feel like I might be nerding out about, like, you know, analyzing it too much on a podcast dedicated I mean, to analyzing it. But I love yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, August and I are frank. The reason we do this biweekly is so we can clock in long episodes. So. <laughs> this is the this is your venue. You you're this is this, this is a safe place for you to just kind of go the fuck off. August and I will write like. August and I have regularly gone way off topic for a long period of time. You can do whatever you want. We don't care. This is the we're the Wild West of podcasting here. Sweet. So then I can just start off on the debate that Lapis is the best gem. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I you're here like, the most. And since I've. I'm here with you like Lapis. Well, OK, it's tied because I also I I, I identify way too heavily with Peridot. <laughs> Oh my god, okay, never I was about to go off. What about our short Queen Peridot? Like, <laughs> come on. It's I'll be I'll over th- in the corner, amethyst fan, single tear rolling down my cheek. <laughs> I, I mean, August and I, I, mean, I think... Amethyst, cool. August and I are, 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 uh, are on record of going off for like, I don't know, 15 straight minutes talking about how we're very much convinced that not only is Onion some kind of gym human hybrid, but Amethyst is definitely Onion's dad. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to our show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I'm not- I need to hear more about this. I'm sorry. We, we, we have to rehash. Like. I mean, yeah, you just opened the store. You got to explain how that happened. Well, I feel like I have some good input on it. I mean, it's extremely obvious that like of all of the gems, Amethyst is the one what fucks the most. Um, followed by Garnet, obviously. Um, 
Pearl is too oblivious to, uh, as like probably not future Pearl, but like pre, you know, uh, main series Pearl, definitely too much. It's obvious that like Amethyst and Vidalia hooked up. Um, uh, you, we know that Vidalia gave birth to Onion, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, Yellowtail, like Sour Cream is Marty's kid. Uh, Yellowtail's out on the boat all the time. Uh, <laughs> So, so also, Steven's also reincarnation from the uh, Rose Court. So I feel like we're going to have different rules for different reincarnations. Now. Well, no, yeah, yeah. He's he's or, a gym human hybrid in a different way that Steven is. But also he doesn't age. <laughs> um, he's a monster. <laughs> uh, he has obvious <laughs> supernatural powers. Uh, yeah, okay. I see this. I'm here for it. Sorry, I believe I'm August was going to tag in on our right ridiculous bullshit. <laughs> I, I, I'm just so sad that Amethyst would not impart all the wonderful parts into an offspring. So you're saying she's an absent dad, and that's probably like adding to a little <laughs> bit of onion being weird. <laughs> yeah, because like, I mean, I feel like Amethyst, like would be a great dad and a great parent and really involved. I think nah, I, she just went to get some milk and yeah. <laughs> I think we don't need to discount. I feel like Yellowtail does a pretty good job. He tries hard. He's out like fishing's a real hard to business, you know. Amethyst doesn't have a concept of money outside of stealing things. So <laughs> and while that's fun, you know, you can't raise two kids on that. Unfortunately, for some reason, well, capitalism still you exists in Steven Universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, if we're going down like weird little things, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what the plant was at the beginning of the episode, but in the beginning of the episode, Watermelon does have a cousin. You know, I, I'm... The, the flower thing. I Oh, yeah, the, I, like... You know what, I'll mark out any time Steven Universe makes a little, like, chubby little animal that, like, you know, is a plant. Yeah, alien pumpkin. Wait, so if Onion's an onion, maybe he's, like, just, like, a weird human version of the watermelon-type I mean, column? we do Never mind, see, ignore me. We do see out. that the plant creatures can go bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've seen that many times throughout the show. Plant creatures generally, when they get sentience, it's it's not great. I mean, Little Shop of Horrors taught us this. Yep, but also foreshadowing is a literary device. Um, yeah. For episode 10. <laughs> da, 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 spoilers. Sam. But yeah, I do think it's it's really interesting that like going uh, skipping back a little bit, um, I do think it's really interesting the way that like our lapis gold lapis has to get you know quote unquote get down on the other lapis's level um, to get them to 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 listen to her, um, but the way that it makes her feel bad after doing it. Uh, just to show, like you, like you were saying, Brian, show her character growth, because you know 
you know, the, the, there was the wink, wink, nod, nod, um, at the beginning where, uh, lap, our lapis was saying they're not like nice like me. Um, when, you know, historically our lapis hasn't really been nice, but I love, we know that's not, I love Steven's face at that comment too. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a sweetheart. Bless your heart. I don't know if it's bless your heart level, but close. <laughs> Never mind. Yes. No, I had a, they're not nice like me also written down on my notes because while being good joke, it is. I mean, once again, it's something that cuts deep with it. Um, and I mean, so if we're talking about Lapis having overcome a lot of things, I wonder at the end, she says pain, patience is straight, strength and restraint is strength, but wonder if there isn't some middle ground in there where you still need to know that you've got to step up to reach some people rather than always trying to high road. Because, I mean, that's what happened here. Um, she might have felt bad, but at least one of the lapises came around. Um, yeah. Ooh. Indeed. Okay. Um, anything else about why so blue? Um, I will always and forever point out the the pearl prejudice because pearls are iPhones. Canon confirmed. <laughs> <It's true>. Um, <laughs> I just I love our pearl. I love I love all of the pearls that we've seen. Uh, but I do enjoy the way that the narrative continues to treat them. Not because, you know, not because I think, you know, it's good that they're treated that way. It's just I love that bit of world building. Uh, so I, I love to to see that's like, oh, you sing and dance like a pearl. Um, just it's very interesting. I love this world building. Always and forever going to eat it up. So. Okay. This show's just really great with world building. It is. All right. Moving on to episode nine, Little Graduation, uh, premiered on December 28th, uh, 2019, written by Drew Green and Paul Velico. The official synopsis, Stephen the Gems celebrate Little Homeschool's first graduating class. Sure, but I don't (laughs) think Stephen and the Gems implies that like (laughs) that that Amethyst, Pearl and Garnet are in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Like some gems are in this episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like a synopsis written for like a 1980s sitcom. Yeah, that that's what we like. We like it when they're bad, frankly. Uh <laughs> they're bad very often. Um the episode starts with Steven in the car. He pulls out a mixtape of Sadie Killer and the suspects listening uh, to it as he drives to Spaceries. This is Lars's bakery. Uh, he's there to pick up a cake for the graduating class of Little Homeschool. Um, while he is there, Sadie comes in and seems like, oh my gosh, we're all in the same place. And they're all like, yeah, sure, whatever, buddy. Uh Lars asks Sadie about Shep and uh, Shep being Sadie's new partner. Sadie's like, oh, we're it's going great. Things are great, doing great. Uh, she gets her pastries and leaves. Afterwards, Stephen's like, what the fuck? Who the fuck is Shep? 
and Lars is like, it's the person Sadie's dating. What the fuck is wrong with you? Calm the fuck down. Um, he's like, it doesn't matter. I'm going back into space now that the off colors have graduated anyways. And Steve's like, what? What the fuck? Um, he's like, yeah. He's like, I, you know, I'm just moving on with my life. Aren't you going to be moving on to something new? Uh, <laughs> Morgan Freeman voice. He does not. Um, Later into the evening, we have the graduating graduation celebration. Uh, the off colors are the first graduating class of little homeschool. Uh, we see all of the uh, all of the cute uh, off colors. We got the road night and all you know all of those the, those folks. I don't think any of them talk in the episode, do they? No. Okay. Um, we also get to see Shep, who is Sadie's new partner. Uh, Steven floats down uh, and desperately tries to be cool about the fact that Sadie is dating, I guess, not Lars, uh, but he really fucks that up um, and makes things extremely awkward for Sadie. Uh, Sadie and Shep walk away for cake, but Lars heads in the same direction to say hi, but Steven intervenes, wondering if he's okay. Uh, before leaving to go talk to them, Lars ironically asks him the same question. A little bit later, Steven is talking with Jenny about how graduation um, is going and states everyone is enjoying it but him. Uh, with everyone having something new to do with their lives, Jenny states that it's a, uh, rather beneficial. Now that the suspects have broken up, Jenny states that she and the others will have plenty of time to accomplish their future goals. Realizing now that uh, realizing this, Steven's like, wait, what the fuck? What do you mean they broke up? Uh, Shady and Sep, Shep get on stage and uh, perform a song called Looking Forward. Um, while the song is going on, Steven notices that uh, Lars and the Off Colors are getting ready to go into space. Uh, this causes a trauma response in Steven, uh, where he goes pink mode and uh, puts a giant barrier around everything uh, in a, an extremely subtle metaphor for uh, the way Steven is feeling. Um, Steven eventually has to kind of like own up to his emotions as the domes begins shrinking and threatens to murder everybody. Um, the it's at totally this point normal. that, oh, go on, sorry. Uh, hmm? oh. oh, oh, yeah, Just, you know, totally normal response. Yeah, exactly. Totally normal yeah. response. Um, basically I've done worse. Basically, while this is happening, everybody has to admit their like emotions. Uh, Lars is like, listen, I, I'm fine with Sadie dating somebody else. Yeah, sure. I guess it's not the greatest thing in the world, but I'm glad that she's happy and I'm moving on with my life and she's moving on with her life. And we all need to move the fuck on with our lives, Steven. Um, moved by this pep talk, including some uh, nice words from Shep. Uh, Steven is able to turn back to normal and dissipate the dome. He says goodbye to Lars. Uh, looking forward plays once again as uh, and go throughout the song. Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl are setting up a little homeschool up for new students. Steven smiles at first, but is frowns and walks away. Uh, while he's driving, he listens to the cassette tape he received earlier and lays on top of his van with a confused look on his face as he stares into the night sky. Uh, star wipe the end. Um, all right, we're back on the main plot now. <laughs> the main plot of this season being... Fucking Steven Universe needs uh, therapy. Oh, boy. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I forget. I, I mean, I don't know how many times I've watched the main show, but I always forget that Lars has been turned into a literal portal. <laughs> and it's just the weirdest little thing that I always forget. And it hits me really weird. 
Like that's some like I think of characters who had like trauma happen to them in a lot of ways. He was like the one who caught the biggest stray in the show. Like everybody else put themselves in situations where instead of Lars, who just gets blasted out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Our Jesus allegory, Lars. <laughs> oh my God. Lars is a uh, space Jesus. All right. I got it. Yeah. Stink voice, son of God. Um, the, what a, what a fucking, this episode is hard to watch in a really good way. Like, <laughs> it's really hard for you for a, like, you know, 10 minutes of not being able to sit through 10 minutes of a thing because you're like, oh, this is, oh, the, the, uh, the amount of like awkward and aggressively bad situations just makes you want to like pause the episode and be like, all right, I need a breather. <laughs> yeah. And I like, yeah, um, I was yeah. Oh, going, sorry. I was, I was right there. I just, I literally had, it was like right after, uh, the, the scene in, in the pastry shop. It's just like, Oh God, I need to go take a lap. Um, it was bad. It's like the showrunners are explaining to the main character that the NPCs actually have a life with the detailed world building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it did feel like they might have been making a point that, hey, things are going to happen off screen in this show. And please, it's okay that things happen off screen. Don't make a big deal out of it. Um, But that is also like super salient that we don't. I mean, we're not used to it with social media where we know everybody's going through stuff, but like, yeah, stuff happens off screen in real life all the time. And I know that that, I don't know why but that that hit me, but it was definitely an episode where you're just constantly like overwhelmed by how much is going on. And it's all these real messy emotions like. Yes, Steven is upset, but it's coming from a place of love, but it's coming from a place of love where he doesn't have proper boundaries set up internally for how he identifies, like, who he is versus the world that's going on around him, which, damn. And especially being, like, the age that he is, like, and the fact that he hanged, like, Steven didn't really have friends who were his own age outside of Connie, and I guess I would love we I don't think we see Petey throughout the, 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 the Steven Universe future, almost certainly because Petey now has like a family of five in like the Midwest um, <laughs> as the canonically the oldest character in Steven Universe by our math. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's weird for him because he's like it's like there's a lot of pressure for Steven to figure out his future when he really doesn't have to. Because he's, like, 17. It's not like he's, like, hella old or anything like that. Like, it makes sense that, like, as 20-somethings, that, like, Sadie and Lars and the suspects would all be just moving on with their shit. You know what I mean? The fact that their band lasted for as long as it did is surprising. (laughs) Yeah, and, yeah, I think that's, Definitely something that, like, I I relate to, like, you know, like, you know, when you get to that age where you start going off to college and you do lose touch with, you know, like, friends from high school or those 
you know, friends that you, you know, always saw in the neighborhood and things like that. And now you're like, oh, what, what, what is happening in your life? And, you know, total, you know, swerves here and there. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. So. I mean, I can also sort of relate to this because like, it's like a person who lives in like a small rural town, like I, it, and had like an extremely like queer friend base. Like all my friends moved away eventually, um, or moved out of town, like moved into the city or things like that. And you kind of like, what am I doing? What the, what in the actual fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> Why am I still here? Why do I want to be here? And all that, all that stuff. And I mean, it took me a while to con- confront it. I am a 35 year old adult. Uh, Steven is a 17 year old child who had to also fight a war. Uh, so <laughs> just good time. Good times all around for one Steven universe. Yeah. And yeah, I, just thinking about Steven, there was a few parts in this episode where, I mean, they've established that, like, when he's having strong emotions, he turns pink. But the one that got me is just when Lars is trying to leave, Steven turns pink, and it's not it's not in tune with the rest of, like, the emotions that they're actually communicating. It almost feels like he's got... He's afraid of being alone because he's not sure who he is without the other people around, which is slightly different than, you know, not knowing who he is. But I can relate with that. Like, yeah, I don't know. I keep on coming back to that scene where just Lars tries to leave and he turns pink and it's just a weird emotion. And yeah, he's a 17 year old kid. But yeah, as somebody in their 30s as well, I should not be relating to this high schooler so much (laughs) in all of these situations. I don't know. I feel like that speaks to the universality of of the the core conflict. And it's like, yeah, Steven Universe as a show is aimed towards a younger audience, but that doesn't stop it from being relevant no matter your age. Like these are things that, you know, you're going to have to deal with going through your life. And that that's what makes them such valuable, valuable, uh, not points to mind for plot that makes it sound way worse than I mean it to. But, you know, that's what that's what makes it I mean, so important to talk about these things. Yeah, they, they are they are lessons in the same way that the show was lessons before. But like with an aim at an audience that has more complex like these are not like how to deal with the world. These are how to deal with your inner conflicts, which much of the main show is about, like giving kids tools on how to like be able to deal with like a big scary world that you know when they face conflict uh, external with steven universe being like now that these kid these same kids are older a lot of that conflict is going to be more internal with your own emotions about a world because like you know they, they just in a future episode they talk about like how steven's like body is stuck in like fight or flight mode where everything feels like the end of the world which is a thing teenagers feel like because you're brain is such a cocktail of like uh, of hormones and chemicals that you're constantly in fight or flight mode and it's about being able to find yourself in that big mix yeah and I think um, yeah when you were saying all that it was maybe that one scene where he turns pink like 
is interesting because it's not the obvious emotion. Like, um, the show doesn't just hit the obvious story points that you would have in any of these lessons. Like, some of the most powerful songs I know are when they hit that weird little sub-feeling that you have in a situation rather than just being like, everything sucks, but one is just talking about that moment of quiet that's kind of comforting when the world's falling apart. Um, and that sort of stuff. And I do, I mean, that was a theme because I watched through the whole show. I took notes for the whole thing for this. So, you know, <laughs> and then pick stuff. And that really was a lot of what was great was the subtle emotions that they point out. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Am I speaking crazy? No, no. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, the song is also super interesting in this episode. Um the uh, the song was uh, when I was young and hated fun looking at past performances and what I should have done. I I wrote that down and I still don't know what to make of it. Like I know I originally wrote it. It it's complex and it's fun to have some emotions being communicated that I can't even that I'm not sure I understand or can relate to. Um. Or what it's trying to say. I don't know. No, yeah, I get what I, I think I get what you're meaning there. Uh, I was trying to find a picture of that weird. So that weird as a it, it's the ex musician. I guess I'm not an ex musician. I'm still, in fact, actually a musician as the ex band person that I love that they like they always give people real fucking instruments that awful like that weird flute thing that Shep is playing is like an actual instrument that Roland makes that is like a synthesizer flute. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's not a flute. It's like it, it's supposed to be like an alto saxophone. No, a soprano saxophone, because I think it has like a fake reed that you have to blow against to be able to generate things. But it's a synthesizer or it's not a synthesizer. It's a MIDI controller, but whatever. It, you know, it's cartoon. But uh, I was very I, when I first saw that, I was extremely pleased by its existence. <laughs> I. It reminded me of a toy recorder I had when I was a kid. So I I, I had slight nightmares the first time we watched this episode because I was like, please don't sound as bad as that. <laughs> Luckily, you know, the music is just absolutely on point. So I'm trying. It, it looked like on the surface to me, like the um, the holophoner from um, Futurama, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, I definitely didn't have to Google that to, like, remember what, like, <laughs> instrument I was thinking of when I first saw it. But, yeah. Yeah, this is it. The Roland AE-10 is, I think, what it's based on. Um, but the, I don't know why I need, my brain needed me to Google that. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, it's interesting, like, this and... Uh, actually, let me do this. I'm going to go on to Prickly Pear because I want to talk about a thing in both of these episodes. Um, even you guys don't care. It's not like we can't go back. It's not like a hard fucking wall anyways, but. <laughs> um, Un understood. Mm -hmm. You are the director. Yep. Um, now, this is our podcast now. We get approval, right? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think that's how this works. Yeah, here I'll send you the audio files. You can. <laughs> um, oh boy! 
I'll delegate that to you. I believe in you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'll look forward to my performance review. Um, episode 10, Prickly Pear of Steven Universe Future, also came out on December the 28th, uh, written by Drew Green and Paul Velico. Um, after leaving Little Homeschool, Steven has found a new hobby, plants. That's it. That's the end of the synopsis. <laughs> wow. <laughs> They got halfway through, like one more sentence and they could have nailed this, frankly. They could have just tacked on and things don't go as he expected. Like, <laughs> Anyways, um, the episode begins at the conservatory. Is that what that's called? The fucking dome on top of the goddamn tower um, where Steven uh, shows the gems what he's been doing since he, he apparently stepped down. Like, I think a thing that is like not fully explained is that the end of the previous episode was Steven stepping down as like as an active like staff member of little homeschool. Um, he's been getting really into fucking plants like everybody else during the pandemic, Steven universe predicting the pandemic like almost two years ahead of time. Um, he has been growing the plants the old fashioned way he says, not with his magical spit. Uh, but while taking care of a cactus, uh, he accidentally pokes himself, uh, sucks on his finger, and then when he touches the cactus, it gets a little bit of spit on it. We come back the next day, and we've got a little cactus buddy. Um, Steven takes it and shows it to the rest of the gems, and they promptly name him Cactus Steven. Um, as things evolve with Cactus Steven, uh, Steven sort of uses Cactus Steven as a confidant, uh, explaining he, where he's at, where he, how he feels extremely lost, and why he needs, like, he frustrated with his uh, these ideas that he needs to be needed, uh, and that he needs to get his shit together so, you know, so he can be there for people. Um, unfortunately, Cactus Steven starts repeating the things that Steven says, um leading to uh, Stephen having to escape from a, an awkward situation with the gems. Uh, he then goes on to give out a bit about his feelings about the gems, just being frustrated with them, about how he feels like he has to take care of Pearl, how Garnet feels very high and mighty, how uh, Amethyst is acts like she's super mature now. You know, just regular kind of like frustrated giving out about your family kind of shit. Uh, unfortunately, Cactus Stephen feeds on this negativity, getting bigger more uh more adept until it becomes like an actual like horrific monster cactus steven uh wherein steven and cactus steven get into a fight inside of cactus steven or inside not cactus steven inside of actual steven's house um this show is a fucking nightmare naming convention wise um uh, <laughs> They, the gems and Cactus Steven and Steven all have this big fucking knockdown drag out fight until Steven finally has the realization, oh, Cactus Steven is just echoing the things that I put into him. So showing like positive emotions, Cactus Steven gives Cactus Steven a big old hug. Uh, this allows Cactus Steven to calm down. Uh, Steven says that he will let Cactus, like he'll, he'll get the, the, the greenhouse all fixed up for Cactus Steven again. But Cactus Steven's like, no. Uh, I shall uh, commit myself to wander to wander this earth and find my own place. Uh, and Stephen's like, "Oh well, that's good, I guess." Um, during this fight, Cactus Stephen said a lot of really <laughs> personal shit about the gems. Uh, they are all very worried about Stephen uh, at the end. With uh, Pearl asking Stephen if he wanted to talk about anything, Stephen replying that he has already said enough. Star wipe the end. Um. 
But yeah, what I was going to say about the previous episode and this, it's interesting as the series goes on that like Steven is kind of the main antagonist of Steven Universe future. Are like the source of where all the problems are coming from, like the conflicts are things created by Steven. Am I the drama? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Um, although, I mean, you know, it's shit. I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. No Please continue. But yeah, it, it it's. It's interesting for a show to like, I mean, typically kid shows are like shows aimed at like young, younger audiences don't do this like hard to relate to main character shit. You know, like we're used to that in like adult programming, like all of your Breaking Bads and your fucking Sopranos and so on and so forth. But like for to do it in a kid show to be like this person is setting them up as, like, a person who is constantly, like, making, like, bad calls, but bad calls, like, you understand where all these bad calls are coming from. It's not like Steven has suddenly taken a heel turn. He's just scared and traumatized and has all of these things that he doesn't know, like, all of these negative emotions he doesn't have the tools to deal with. Um, But because he's unwilling to let other people in to help him with those, it's all spilling over and causing problems. And I think it's... I just really like that about Steven Universe future now that we've finally gotten to this point. <laughs> well, I mean, the show has grown up with the audience. I mean, not for us. We're, we're all old, but I mean, it came out in 2013, so it is interesting. I don't know what my point was besides like, yeah, think of it like regular show and drawn together, but instead that it's actually like emotionally mature right and, um and the voice actor for steven <laughs> grew up uh as well so yeah once again i must signpost that sucks. august and i need to listen to zach's album and then review it in an episode i think we'll do that at the very end of steven universe future i don't know if you guys have ever listened to zach's album, album. <laughs> i have not i will <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. like a no, it's dope. like a pop concept album about like a murder in Hollywood. It's a whole thing. I'm down for concept albums that are weird. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, that that's right up my alley. Yeah, no, that is on the to do list. Yeah, um, but yeah, this episode though, as a whole, I mean. Is pretty straightforward. I think um, of all the ones, it was obvious where it was going once it started. Not that it actually detracts from anything, but for all of my notes like that I have for things, while this one still emotionally hit hard, I think there was less to say about individual things. But there's a lot of symbology in there that I did appreciate. Um it, with it, you know, from just the fact that, like, you know, dealing with your own feelings can hurt you and loving yourself can hurt you as well. Like, I mean, he goes in for a hug f- for himself, but, like, gets pricked by himself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. many by himself in that sentence. But, yeah, I mean, it, once again, is a vibe. Like, I, I love the show. I love everything about it with Future. But I'm starting to realize that it's not really a show that makes you feel great. Um 
But then again, the original Steven Universe also managed to uh, leave on a uh, whatever the emotional version of a cliffhanger is. I mean, at least for me, this episode is, yeah, the, just at me next time instead of me paying for therapy for a couple of years. <laughs> um, yeah, this could have come out earlier, and I guess I could have just rewatched it for, you know, three years instead. We um, watched it, and it didn't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> but I should have been watching it repeatedly instead of, you know... I, I'm kidding. My my therapist is amazing. They're they're the best. Uh, yes. Um, but I think um, I like I said I probably have like five lines of notes, and the one there is uh, having to worry about how others will take your feelings. Um, just in our there's a lot of times where we don't express how we're feeling about something that's important because we are a aware that other people might take that harshly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Stephen's emotional labor of feeling responsible for other people's reaction um, leads to a situation that spirals out of control until there's a giant cactus monster that, like, puts its head under a faucet and gets really swole for a second. (laughs) I noticed that. That was a fun little animation thing that happened for like half a second truly steven universe still being a show that goes way harder on fight scenes than it has any need to (laughs) yeah exactly um i love this being like why is this thing so deeply like why is this thing so very personal in its comments at us what the fuck is going on (laughs) (laughs) um I, I also I find it interesting that like this in contrast with Snow Day, which we you know we we watched last time, is like Stephen being upset at the gems for not seeing how he's grown, while also not really acknowledging how the the gems themselves have grown. Because like that, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not one hundred percent sure that Stephen learned the the lesson from Snow Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from this episode, to be honest, which is great, like, um, sometimes things happen and it can be blaringly obvious, but you still don't necessarily, uh, take away from it what you need to take away from it. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure Steven learned his lesson from Snow Day. Oh no, he didn't learn any lesson. Like, he, he like, I think that's a, the, the interesting sort of recurring theme. Like, he doesn't – like, the thing that he internalizes at the end of this episode is, like, he instead of, like, being, like, I shouldn't let all this stuff bottle up. I really need to, like, reach out to the people in my life about these things that are happening to me. Oh, no, no, no. What I'm going to – like, obviously the thing that I need to do here is internalize all of this guilt. That's what I need to do. I'm just going to – I'm going to make this into guilt. Yeah, that's that seems like the right call. <laughs> No, absolutely. The, I've already said too much is him just saying, oops, the problem was that I f- thought bad things and felt bad things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so shutting. Yeah. And, you know, I think most of these episodes, like he might be speaking the lesson, but not truly getting it up until the end. Yeah. I mean, no day the lesson was learned by the gems. The gems learned, hey, we need to like see that he's a different person now or see him for what it is but yeah 
Steven's lesson was definitely not learned. I agree with you there. And I think that's what, like, I know that, like, Future is contentious amongst, like, fans of the series. And I think it's because, like, Steven becomes sort of, like, the main problem of Steven Universe Future. But it's, like, also, it's hard to learn these lessons if you've been the person who has to, like, especially at a young age who had to, like, step up and be the center of something. It is very hard to, like, let yourself be weak uh, or feel bad because you feel like you are letting all the people down around you. And it causes these, like, this level of isolation. Like, Steven Universe Future, like, I I feel like we've, it's unfortunate that, like, around, like, you know, episodes 8, 9, and 10, I mean, probably, like, um, like, volleyball, you can cut out some of the first few so like some of the first bits of future are not the strongest but again i think it's because there's a like a whole new writing staff because most of the writing staff of steven universe future went on to different or steven universe went on to different projects because the show got fucking canceled (laughs) and then cartoon network decided to do a fucking 180 on that shit um but like this definitely feels like the the writing team is like found is, is back in the back in the mold that they're used to and is now figured out what the show has kind of like cracked the show at this point. Like this is how we're going to tell it and everything like that. And I think it's really, I don't know a whole lot of other media that is like, that follows the chosen one after the chosen one did the fucking thing. Except for like the ep, like, the epilogue to the hunger games is like kind of very similar to this. Like, yeah, we did the thing, but it didn't like, you know, that doesn't mean that all like, just because you win the day doesn't mean that all of the fucking terrible shit that happened to you in the process of winning the day didn't fucking happen to you. Yes. It it should be like Steven universe PTSD instead of future. Um, I'm sure yeah. that was the original pitch. Uh, <laughs> we all know how Cartoon Network yeah. can be. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. So picky. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then when you were saying that, I kept on thinking, like, we were saying he didn't learn his lessons, but in real life, like, if we learnt lessons and then were magically cured of it, then therapists, like, wouldn't exist. Like... It's totally fine to have a self-realization and then still be stuck in your ways. Like, that's how stuff truly happens in real life. Yeah, and I mean, like, in this in this particular episode, it's not like, uh, it's not like the the universe uh went about telling him that he needs to to share his feelings in a particularly helpful or healthy manner anyway, because like Privacy is important. You should have room to have thoughts that are not necessarily charitable about the people around you. And, like, you shouldn't have to worry about committing thought crimes. Like, you know, I should be able to occasionally think, oh, man, you know, this person really frustrates me and not have that necessarily have to get back to that person. So, like, you know, the the whole conceit itself is not conducive to Steven necessarily learning the lesson anyway. Yeah. Having somebody uh, share your stuff when you're not ready for it to be shared is mm-hmm. not a productive way. Yeah. 
man, yeah, this show, like, I was coming excited, but, you know, man, it's great. I love it. I enjoy every moment, but once again, I'm leaving an episode on a downer, which, yeah. Thanks, Steven Universe Future. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Does even I think it's also the fact that like seeing your first future is like a downer fucking show. <laughs> um, and it may be because why I like it so much. My uh, my ex liked the phrase like happy or sadness is happiness for deep people. Like, <laughs> like I love I love shit that just makes me feel bad about Whoa, myself. I'm attacked. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Whoa didn't realize I was going to be having that like kind of a uh, self-realization. <laughs> um I was just and I guess um I mean they they hinted at it early on with um uh, I mean and we were saying it with it being Steven Universe PTSD but like he even says that the cactus or one of the gems says he's a survivor just like you and you know just to that was the only line i really had called out in the whole episode um it's it's on the nose mm-hmm. but i just wanted to point it out yeah we are we have the the the, the brick has firmly been placed on the the acceleration pedal of things are going to go bad for steven and god Christ almighty, do they go bad in the next set of episodes we have to watch August? <laughs> oh, the mo- boy. Like, August? So, next week, uh, dear audience, we will be covering episodes 11, 12, and 13 in Dreams, Bismuth Casual. Uh, we get to see Bismuth next week, August. Um, I'm so excited. It's a great, it's a great fucking episode, August. Uh, August has never seen, like, the, the conceit of our show is August has never watched the show before, and I've watched it multiple times. <laughs> So August has no idea what's coming up. Um, and then together forever, the like I if you can make it through together forever in one sitting without pausing the video, August, I'll be extremely surprised. It oh is boy. pain incarnate. <laughs> and this is printed into animation. Um that song. My god, that song that's coming out. Oh. Uh, Fuck. I'm bismuth casual is a very good episode though like it 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 it, it preps your heart a little bit <laughs> um they knew they had to put that there yeah. <laughs> um all right well thank you so much uh joan and mission control uh for coming on to the show do you thank want you. to uh, like promote your things whatever you've got coming up uh, any particular like dates or anything like that? G- go ahead and throw it out there. Uh, well, you can keep up with uh, all of my socials at joanjetson.com. I have everything linked there. Uh, don't try to find me on Twitter because um, you will fail. But uh, right now, most of the shows have taken place in Denver um, at our normal uh, stomping grounds. Yeah, Primo's Pro Wrestling at the Roxy. Uh you know, feel free to come up to me and say, "Hey, if you heard us through here, I'll give you a free sticker of that." Does uh stuff? Does um does Primos put up their matches anywhere like uh like IWTV or anything like that? 
Yeah, you can watch uh, most of the shows. Uh, they're now getting streamed live on Twitch. Oh, nice. Um, pay-per-views are on Fight, and there is a YouTube channel. Um, and, yeah, and keep uh, an eye out for uh, Pride Month this year. Last year, we had the first uh, Joan Jetson's Big Queer launch. It was a Pride wrestling show that we put on. And this year, with uh, Joan Jetson's Big Queer launch, too, we are planning bigger and better things. Last year, we raised $2,000 for the Trevor Project, um, and it will be available for streaming. So do just uh, give us a follow, and you'll see that coming up. And otherwise, I just want to thank you guys for having us uh, on the podcast. It was great to get to meet you. I can't believe it's only been a few months <laughs> since uh, we first yeah. met. Because, um, yeah, time is a meaningless construct. Truly. Thank you guys so much for coming on. We're really pleased yeah. with having you on here. Yeah, no, this has been super dope. Thank you very much for the invite. Thank you for running into us. (laughs) Yes, and good luck with next week's episodes and the week after that and the week after that. Uh, Yeah, I'm just like scrolling through all of them. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) as you go through, you're like, oh, 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 fuck, shit, oh. (laughs) Oh, boy. There, there's one on the list that I said, I can't cover this episode. It hits way too close to home. Yeah, so. Which yeah, one's is, which one is it? You've got things coming up, August. Oh, oh man. I don't even know if I want to do uh Say which one was the one. I'm not sure I can cover. Um, uh, 15, okay. I believe, is the episode that ha- has my note about that. Though every single one en- ends with the same line of, this one hit really hard. <laughs> so yes thank you so much for having us um yeah um what is going on in ftl land august oh boy so uh i'm actually as of this recording uh the last episode of the six arcs movie dropped uh and i'm deeply deeply emotional about it because that we started recording that in december of last year is started releasing almost nine months to the day um, today when we're ending it. And I'm very emotional about that. So if you haven't given us a listen, um, I highly recommend our six arcs in a movie stuff, uh, starting with arc 62, 64, 66, 68, 70, and 72. Um, just, yeah. And uh, in the new year, we will have something completely different nice um roomware pod we are still i mean we've the uh, we might take a break next week what with it being like the literal day after christmas i have no idea where i'm gonna get time this week to actually edit the episode um so we might take it we might take next week off uh (laughs) before we get into things but we are beginning we we are reaching the point like we did in the last season where we got to like you know how like we built to a crescendo and hit the jailbreak last time that we're getting to be about that that level of like tone shift for for Mm -hmm. elder county so that will be uh really fun um all right well uh so uh, I think I for I why do we always forget to explain this at the beginning of the fucking podcast, August? 
uh, because we're both kind of disasters who share a brain cell That's sometimes. True. So uh, we have a sign off on the show, uh, Joan and Mission Control, um, where uh, we have a our sign off is uh, to be like Cookie Cat and leave your family behind. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're more than happy. Like we would like for you to say that on the way, like as as our exit, <laughs> and then we we do that and we say peace, and that's how we end the episodes. All right, like all at the same time. Yeah, you guys can say it at the same. It's probably easier for you guys to say it at the same time. You will say it, and then we will all say peace at the end. Like it's not everyone says. Usually, August and I trade it off when it's just us. Um, but we usually have the guests say it when they come on. But we also always forget to tell the guests this every time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, I love the phrase, so I'm here for it. <laughs> so we can do this. Thanks, everybody. We, and be, be like, like Cookie, Cookie Cat, Cat and leave your family, family behind. behind. Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>